What's going on, guys? In this podcast today, I'm going to reveal my top 12 quarterbacks for fantasy football ahead of 2021 season. And um, yeah, I'm going to get straight into it. I'm going to start at number 12, as I typically do when I'm when I'm doing stuff like this. And number 12 is probably going to come as a surprise to some, considering a lot of you guys are probably going to have this guy much higher than where I have him. But that's Russell Wilson, right? I, I'm not. Um, I don't love volatility in a player, I, especially if it's like first half of the season, great second half of the season, awful. And we've seen that from Russell Wilson last year, but not just last year. We saw it from him also in 2019. Let me be more specific. So in 2020, over the final eight games, he scored just um, 13 total touchdowns in those eight games. And he averaged just 209 pass yards per game. Over the first eight games, of course, in that in 2020, he had 29 total touchdowns, right? So he had literally less than half over the second half and the first half. Then I might even just chalk that up as a fluke, right? But if you look at what happened in 2019, final seven games of that season, he scored a total of nine touchdowns, a total of nine. That's, you know, one a game basically, right? So that is uncomfortable for me considering we've seen it two times in a row now over the basically the exact same thing first half of the season great second half of the season very bad and also in 2020 those 13 touchdowns over the final seven games that's including a four touchdown game he had and i believe it was against arizona so um that alone just gets me really uncomfortable with russell wilson and not to mention, I also sort of expect more of a run-heavy attack from that offense. I think that the – I think Pete Carroll and company have kind of realized, all right, we need to go back to what we were doing and run the ball a little bit more. Not to say that it's going to be 40 you know, rushing attempts per game, but I do think it'll, it'll be more of a balanced attack, I think, in that regard. And I think that Russell – I would expect the volatility not to be so bad this year, meaning he may not be – the greatest quarterback ever for the first eight games, and then basically a very, very average starter for the second half. But I think it'll be a more of a blended kind of production, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, averaging four touchdowns a game, like what, what he has been doing over the first half of seasons in, in the first couple or in the last couple of years. So that's my take on Russell Wilson. Uh, he could look, there's a lot to like about Russell Wilson too. I might say, I mean, he had 40 touchdown passes last year, even with falling off the face of the earth over the final seven games. So there's definitely a lot to like, and his ADP is the sixth round. So it's not like you're paying super premium of a price for him. But for me, in terms of what we see in his floor as, if I'm going to draft you for your floor while being cognizant of your ceiling, I mean, there is no player where that variance is larger maybe in the entire quarterback group. So I, I feel like he earned the respect to at least be in the, the 12th quarterback for me, but I couldn't put him much higher because we've seen what that floor looks like, and it is horrendous. So Russell Wilson, QB 12 for me. Number 11 is going to be Jalen hurts okay he's got an early to mid eighth round adp which is kind of wild considering he's going ahead of a lot of really good players like uh, that we're going to talk about here shortly but jalen hurts we only saw three games last year where he started and finished the game in those three games however he was the quarterback three from a fantasy points per game standpoint at uh, 25.9 points per game he averaged over 79 rushing yards in those games per game in those games and he also averaged over 282 pass yards per game. So those are good, 
good fantasy numbers, right? I just think that there will be some weekly variance with him, and it could be situations like if he can't run or doesn't run in a particular game, he could struggle to be really fantasy awesome, right? I mean, it's it's really going to be – and that just goes with any young quarterback. It's going to be a little hit or miss in terms of how efficiently they can pass the football. That's why I like guys for fantasy like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence – over a guy like Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson has to be a good passer right away. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be able to you know, run for seven or eight touchdowns in all likelihood. And if you don't have that ability and you don't have the ability to run for 500 yards, which Zach Wilson, again, does not have, then it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to, to – you're going to have to be a very efficient passer. So with Jalen Hurts, yeah, I think that obviously he can run, and that's going to be a very big strength of his – but I also believe there will be some weekly variants, so that's kind of the only thing that keeps him down at QB 11 for me. But if you're talking upside, he's got top three to five upside, in my opinion. His floor, and here's where I kind of have to put him back down at 11, his floor is a guy that's not even the starter on his own team, unfortunately. So I could see a world where they bench him after six or seven, nine games, whatever it might be. I could see that happening. I'm not saying it's going to. If I had to put money on it, I would say he's going to start all the games for them this season. But when you think about what his actual floor is, it's benched and he's not on a fantasy roster. So that's kind of why I have to dock him down so much, even though I do have him as a top three to five ceiling type player. All right, quarterback 10 for me is Ryan Tannehill. So his ADP is going in the late ninth round, which to me is bonkers, right? Because Ryan Tannehill was a top five quarterback over the final five weeks last season. He has been really, really good lately. Like he's, you know, you guys, I'm sure at this point, I've seen that graphic comparing him and Patrick Mahomes over the last, I think it's two years or whatever. And the numbers are very similar. Um, Excuse me. But Ryan Tannehill... I would probably have him even higher than this, but the the loss of that offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who was really just had it going with Tannehill, they were just ex- extremely efficient from that standpoint. And the fact that he also had five games last year, actually six, including the playoffs, with either zero or one touchdown pass. So there will be weeks with Tannehill where it's like, you're getting 15 points, you know, 12 points or whatever. So those weeks definitely hurt, right? Because you can almost in any of those weeks, you could say, hey, man, I could have streamed Andy Dalton here and gotten 18 points. So that's that's the weird thing about the quarterback position and why I don't invest super highly in it. But Ryan Tannehill at the late ninth round is still a great value in my opinion. And he did run for seven touchdowns last year on the ground. So um, even with those seven rushing touchdowns, this again is why I kind of have to temp. I, I know a lot of people are really high on Tannehill. But even with seven rushing touchdowns last year, that resulted in him being the quarterback nine in terms of fantasy points per game because he had less than 4,000 passing yards. He's reliant on efficiency, and when game flow is not guaranteed to be in his favor or for a quarterback like this in general, when game flow is not guaranteed to be in your favor and you're relying on that kind of efficiency because you're not going to be a big volume guy, which Tannehill has not been and I don't think he will be, that's where it gets a little tricky for me, and that's why I don't have him any higher. But I could definitely understand why some people will have him as the QB 6, 7, 5, somewhere in that range. But for me, he's quarterback 10, albeit a very, very, very good option in the late ninth, maybe early 10th round. All right, number 9 is going to be Tom Brady. Quarterback 9 for me is Tom Brady. Excuse me one second, guys. 
Okay, got to get some water. Um, he's got a mid-seventh round ADP. And, guys, Tom Brady, when you look at what he did last year, right, I know a lot of people are going to just, just say, hey, man, he has the greatest supporting cast to ever play and all that kind of stuff. And I, I understand that. The supporting cast in Tampa is very good, right? But when we're talking about fantasy quarterbacks and ranking them, I'm probably too low on Tom Brady as I'm really divulging into this because when you look at what he did last year in terms of a winning team where I was just talking about Ryan Tannehill, how his volume is not going to be high. Well, Tom Brady threw the ball 40 or more times in eight of 16 games last year in the regular season. He had 43 total touchdowns, and that was in an offseason that was limited because of COVID, right? He couldn't practice with his teammate. It was a brand and it, with his teammates, and that was in a brand new scheme. He he didn't understand the offense until about halfway through the season where he actually really knew what the hell was going on. So, and he still had seven games with 300 or more uh, passing yards. He had seven, three or more touchdown pass games. The final seven games of the regular season, he was averaging almost 320 yards per game and basically three touchdown passes per game. He had 20 touchdowns to five picks in that time. If you extrapolate that out, in term, if you also include his rushing touchdowns, that's basically a 50 touchdown season in a 17 game season. Right. So he was also only sacked one every 33 pass attempts. So if there was ever a quarterback that you wanted to rely on that kind of efficiency with, if you weren't getting the volume, it would be Tom Brady. And and honestly, Brady, in my opinion, the only reason I have him this low is because as much as I hate to say it, he has to age at some point. Right. So I could see this year. I could see him just losing a little bit on the arm strength, losing a little bit and stuff like that. I'm not guaranteeing that's going to happen, but. I feel like I'm low on him, and I'm trying to kind of justify that now. But um, for me, Tom Brady, I think, is going to have, by all intents and purposes, a better 2021 than he did for most of 2009. I'm sorry, of 2020. I just think that it's hard when you have that great of a season where I think he had over, I think he had 50 touchdowns if you include the playoffs. It's hard for there not to be at least a little bit of statistical drop off, right? Even you know, even in a situation where it looks like everything is there for the taking again. By the way. He was only sacked one every 33 pass attempts over his final seven games. So he was just, it was, everything was clicking for that offense and, and Tom Brady. So he's my QB nine. My quarterback eight is going to be Aaron Rodgers. He has an ADP of a late sixth, early seventh rounder. And that's crazy considering he's coming off of an insane 51 total touchdown MVP season, right? Rodgers, actually, funny thing is he attempted more passes in 2019 than he did in 2020. But in 2020, he threw almost double the touchdown passes that he did in 2019, where he had 48 compared to just 26 in 2019. He also had almost 300 more passing yards, 297 more. Um, you guys know I'm pretty confident that Rodgers will be playing this year, so I'm not really that's not reflected in my rankings at all. I mean, I think you, it wouldn't be a dumb thing to do to kind of take that into consideration a little bit, like if you have him and. Whoever else is very closely rated, you may may want to just go ahead and take the other guy simply because what if, right? But um, Rodgers in 16 games last year, and this is kind of the reason why I'm not super crazy about him, similar to Ryan Tannehill and why he's only my quarterback eight. In 16 games, he had just five games where he threw for 300 or more yards. And however, he threw for three or more touchdowns in 12 of 16 games. He just needs again, you're relying on that kind of insane efficiency. Like if you're relying on him to throw 50 touchdowns on like 28 passes a game, it's just, it's almost insane to even think that's possible, but he basically did that last year. So 
Um, again, similar to what I just said about Brady, it's hard to imagine a world where there's not at least a little decline in terms of the statistical production from what he did last year, which was maybe his best season ever, as crazy as that might sound, and uh, kind of what to expect from him this year. But he's still my QB8, and the top seven guys are just really, really good and have real serious upside. But Rodgers, obviously, ceiling of a quarterback, of the quarterback one, floor of I'd say the quarterback 10 or something like that at this point. But but yeah, Rodgers, my quarterback eight. Justin Herbert is seven for me. He's got an ADP of an early six-rounder. Um, I'm slightly concerned about the very common sophomore slump, at least for some of the 2021 season. Upside for Justin Herbert, however, is 40 to 50 touchdowns and MVP conversation at minimum. Um, so that's – by the way, if you get his upside and you draft him in the sixth round – that is fantasy winning shit in round six, right? I mean, it really is. And and I think it's something that's interesting to me is with Justin Herbert, he can really run, right? And I think that last year, if you look at what he did as a runner, I think he had a good amount of touchdowns, like four or five touchdowns or whatever, but he only had 15 yards a game on the ground. I think that we need to see more of Herbert as a runner. And I think also if Herbert does struggle a little bit in terms of like that whole sophomore slump thing. If he, as a passer, I think he'll just run more. So it's almost like that negates the potential of his, you know, true floor showing up. But, but yeah, so for me, there's obviously a new regime there too. And that may help him in terms of like how defenses are going to try and make him do things that he's not good at. The new regime may have a different plan of using him where they're not asking him to do certain things that may be easier for other defenses to take advantage of in that regard. But, but yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert, we all know his ceiling is, should be very high at 31 touchdown passes as a rookie. And I think that we could, again, he could conceivably run more because he only averaged 15 yards a game last season. So Herbert is quarterback seven for me. And I think he could really, really exceed that. So taking him in the sixth round is not a bad move. I probably still pass simply because Sixth round is is maybe the earliest I would ever take a quarterback, and and there are a couple questions with Herbert that would keep me from doing that. But I think generally speaking, taking a guy like Justin Herbert in the sixth or Aaron Rodgers in the sixth round, I think that's pretty solid value. Um, number six is Matt Stafford, and I'm going to be higher on Matt Stafford than most, right? He's got a mid-eighth round ADP. So even though I'm putting him ahead of guys like Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers in fantasy, I'm not going to be drafting him that early because I know, and one of my favorite parts about Stafford is, I know I can wait. I don't have to take him in the sixth round. Like I can wait a little bit. You know, I can take him in the seventh or eighth round just to make sure I get him. And um, so, yeah. But Matt Stafford with this supporting cast in L.A. I mean, think about the the receivers they've got there. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, Deshaun Jackson. Then they got Cam Makers at running back. They got Tyler Hibby at tight end. They've got a decent offensive line, but I just feel like that's not an issue because Sean McVay schemes that up so well in terms of like not asking offensive linemen to do certain things that they can't do. He's really good with that. So Stafford with this supporting cast and Sean McVay at the helm calling the plays could be absolutely insane. I mean, he could easily be a 50 touchdown guy. And I, and that's insane because he doesn't even run, right? So he may only have one or two rushing touchdowns and still have 50 total, you know? And if we look at Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff's best season in LA with Sean McVay was a 4,600 yard, 32 touchdown pass season. Okay. What is that was like second year, third year Jared Goff. That wasn't a that wasn't even potentially even prime Jared Goff. 
what is a prime Matthew Stafford going to do with Sean McVay and maybe even a better supporting cast than what Jared Goff did when he had that season? So I think those are all things that are very conceivable. And I think Matthew Stafford, if his floor is the only thing I'm not certain about, but I just don't see a world where he's a guy that has a a floor much lower than like the QB 10 or something. And I think that his ceiling is top two or three quarterback in the, in the uh, fantasy season. So Matt Stafford to me is going to return money, especially at his ADP at, and he's going to be, he's going to be a profitable player in my opinion. So Stafford is my QB six. Number five is Kyler Murray. So, Excuse me, when Kyler is has a late fourth round ADP, he slowed down considerably last year as a passer down the stretch. Um, but he could and probably should have another 700 yard rushing rushing yards this season. So I'm I'm concerned about total touchdowns because the question with Kyler Murray and why I kind of even want to put him lower than this, I may change these rankings a little bit slightly. I'll tell you if I do. But are we to expect this dude to run for another 11 touchdowns because when you consider it Kyler Murray had just one rushing touchdown over the final seven games now could that just balance out and and be not so volatile and maybe kind of more evenly dispersed throughout the season yeah but I kind of don't expect Kyler Murray to run for 11 touchdowns I kind of think five six seven and that range will kind of be where he where he ends up but and by the way for the price you know, at, at fourth round, I'm absolutely not touching Kyler Murray. I'm just telling you, when it, when you know that the guy's going to run for 700 yards at least, and that's kind of where I where I have him pegged in that regard, it's going to boost his value, right? Like if if Justin Herbert was to get the same amount of attempts as Kyler Murray, I think he would be the quarterback one. You know, in terms of if you got the same rushing attempts, I just also this to me this is kind of a make or break year for Kyler Murray in the sense that if he has a not so great passing season again. I think they're going to rip the whole thing down there in Arizona. So that's just my opinion. But nonetheless, Kyler Murray is still my quarterback five simply because of what he can and will do on the ground with his legs. 700 plus rushing yards is probably going to be the, you know, what happens. So Kyler Murray, QB five. Number four for me is Dak Prescott. He's got an ADP of an early fifth rounder. Um, he only played five games last year. He was technically the QB one in term on the on the season in terms of fantasy points per game by a quarterback. Okay, so he averaged 371 pass yards per game. He's in Dak has pretty much always done this. He's going to run for five or six touchdowns and 300, 400 yards in that range, maybe 500 uh, rushing yards as well. So he has that right where whereas as a passer, if you're comparing him to Kyler Murray, he's not quite the runner Kyler Murray is, of course. But he's going to be statistically, in terms of what's valuable for fantasy, at least close, right? Three, four hundred yards, five or six touchdowns. So maybe, maybe a little bit more than half of what Kyler Murray gives you there. But he will throw the ball far more uh, successfully than I think Kyler Murray will. So Dak Prescott, to me, now he won't average three hundred and seventy pass yards per game, but I do expect more of a pass happy Dallas offense. I think that. 35 passing touchdowns is kind of where I have Dak 
pegged in terms of, and that would be a career high, by the way. So I think Dak is is really a lot to be a top five quarterback, but I think that top three or four is very much within the realm or range of outcomes for Dak Prescott. So I like him a lot. I'm hoping and I'm I'm basically just assuming that he's healthy and fully ready to go. And I think by all indications, I mean, they just paid him a bunch of money and all that kind of stuff. I think he will be. Number three for me, quarterback three is going to be Lamar Jackson. This guy somehow has a mid-fifth round ADP, which to me is bonkers because he's going to run for 1,000 yards. I said 700 for Kyler Murray. Lamar's going to run for 1,000. Lamar was the quarterback two, by the way, only a quarter of a point behind Josh Allen over the final five games last year. In that time yet, he averaged 86 rushing yards per game. So that's insane, right? The guy could have 1,500 rushing yards or whatever. It's crazy. Um, I expect slightly less run production from Lamar, but again, I still think he's going to crack 1,000 in that regard. But I, but I also expect from a passing standpoint, I expect at least from a yardage at least yardage-wise, I think we'll see the most yards, passing yards of Lamar Jackson's career in 2021 because his supporting cast at receiver got a whole lot better. It was funny. We saw before the draft, the Ravens came out, their, their front office was just like, you know, we love our receivers. What are you guys talking about? This, that, and the other. And then they added Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman to the receiver room. So <laughs> that is kind of actions speak louder than words. So I'm not, and I'm not bad mouthing what they had at receiver. And they were also in for Julio Jones for a while too. They were, they were at least interested. So that showed you, they were like, Hey, let's go ahead and get Lamar some real weapons. Cause we need to see at the end of the day, we need to see what Lamar Jackson can do. If he has some weapons like that, because maybe that will kind of, uh, push us in one way or the other in terms of what we need to do contractually for Lamar because that decision is definitely looming. So Lamar Jackson is my quarterback three. I just think with what he'll do in all likelihood on the ground, which will be close to a thousand yards rushing and probably six or seven touchdowns at least, uh, or maybe five, whatever, at least if we're talking floor, but with what he'll do from that standpoint with a better passing options around him to throw the ball to, I think Lamar is a quarterback three. So yeah. Number two is Josh Allen. Josh Allen, early fourth round ADP. Josh Allen has never, in any of his three seasons, he's never had fewer than eight rushing touchdowns on the season, right? Um, his rushing yards per game have went down each year, however. It was, as a rookie, he was averaging almost 53 yards a game on the ground. Then as a second-year player, it was 32 yards a game. And then last year, just 26 yards per game. So, obviously, you guys know I'm really into the splits in terms of how guys finish being an indication of how they'll start or how they'll play the following year. Uh, Josh Allen was the quarterback one over the final five games of 2020, averaging almost 28 points per game in that time. I am slightly concerned just from a fantasy fan standpoint. I'm slightly concerned they'll run the ball a little bit more with their running backs. And I think that uh, they are such a good team that game flow won't necessarily be something to be counted on if you're a Josh Allen fantasy owner. But all in all, Josh Allen with what he's likely to do on the ground with what he showed he can do with his arm last year, I think that he's, it'd be kind of crazy to put him as anything other than the quarterback one or two. So yeah, he's my QB two. And then number one, is going to be Pat Mahomes, right? Uh, late second round ADP, which I would not touch with a 10 foot pole, <laughs> just to be clear. But um, Pat Mahomes, it, it's hard to, to put him anywhere other than one or two. It's just like Josh Allen, right? Um, even though, like I said, that second round ADP does make me sick. But it wouldn't shock me if Mahomes finishes the QB three or four. 
and he was the QB three last year from a quarter uh, from a points per game standpoint. But I expect him to start fast, and I think that uh, just last, if you look at last year, he had ten touchdowns in the first three games. Maybe a smart idea to sell high at that point, but I mean, if you take him where you're going to have to take him to get him, you're probably not interested in selling. So, uh, but yeah, Mahomes to me is is a very safe option, right? And you better be safe if you're taking him in the second round. But he's going to be a guy that has many, many weeks, at least four, five, six weeks, maybe even more than that, where he wins you the week, you know, because he's going to have 400 yards and four touchdowns, five touchdowns or whatever. So those types of weeks definitely win you leagues and, and or win you weeks and weeks win you leagues. So from that standpoint, I totally understand why you want to get Mahomes on your team. But yeah, like I said, guys, I, I would like to, you know, give you more of a hot take here, but Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback one, just that simple. So um, anyways, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. That's the end of this one. And I will catch you tomorrow. Later.